Welcome back to the Digital Billy Graham Podcast. I'm your host, John Groves, and here we're raising up Digital Billy Grahams to take Christ to culture. Today's guest is one of the original Digital Billy Grahams. He is best known for the word, Amen. That's right, none other than the Hawaii-based digital missionary, the Alex Dion Wilson himself. If you don't know Alex, you definitely should. His internet church services have hosted hundreds of thousands of young people around the world where they're seeing dozens come to know Jesus every single week. I could say so much more, but I'll let Alex tell you all about his ministry and his perspective with this wisdom-packed episode of the DBG podcast. You're going to love it, and I would love for you to share this episode with a friend. Let's go. Today, I have really a guy who was one of the initial inspirations and encouragers to this entire thing. When this was just an idea in my mind, I get on the phone with this guy and he gave me (laughs) tips, he gave me wisdom and encouragement, and he's been a constant source of inspiration. And I can't hype him up enough. I'm so excited. Like, if you're in your car, use your knee to steer and put your hands together for Alex Dion Wilson. What's up, Alex? Welcome to the podcast. What's up, everyone? What is going on? I'm so excited to be here. I love talking to this guy. John always fires me up, so I'm honored to be here. Dude, you know what? You are a preacher's kid, which was something really cool that we were able to connect with. Um, But you also have some connections, like some family connections, even back to the Billy Graham Crusade ministry itself. What was that? What was that about? Yeah, so my dad got uh, arrested for a drive-by shooting when he was in high school. Um, He, someone witnessed to him, told him the gospel, and he got saved in jail, uh, went to school for social services, became a boot camp commander, and then miraculously became a warden in like three years. Um, Just bottom of the corrections all the way to being a warden. And then the whole time he was a preacher at a local church and uh, Billy Graham reached out into the community looking for a prison director, prison ministries director. And my dad signed up for it and he got the job. So he moved to Chicago. We I grew up on Wheaton College campus. Um, Yeah, growing up seeing Salty. If anyone knows who Salty is, shout out to you because there was this one big book that used to make videos, um, cartoon videos, and his name is Salty. So all the 90s babies remember that. But yeah, Kirk Franklin, all those guys, we used to like cruise with them. Um, Pretty crazy world. Yeah. That is so stinking cool. And you worked for your dad for a while as a youth pastor at his church. Yes. Yep. That's when I first started doing video. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious because you were there for a while and something got in your system that caused you to make this transition from like a traditional pastoral role to what I'm going to call this like global pastoral <laughs> role. I mean, you're pastoring millions of people around the planet. So what was that transition like? What did you see that caused you to make that shift? I think it was seeing, seeing like inappropriate, um, inappropriate intimate content at a young age. Um, yeah, just graphic images on the television. And then when the computer came out and got big graphic images on there, that's when I realized like there's power in media. Then I became, I turned 19 
Um, and it was by that time where I'd seen so much and a little amount of like Christian content and all the Christian content I've seen on television ever has always been cheesy, like no shade to anyone out there, but it's always been cheesy. And the, the, for, to me, the best out there was VeggieTales. And so I turned 19. I was like, why is there no Christian content? Uh, 19 is, was when I got saved, um, really gave my life to the Lord. Um, and then I was working as a youth pastor at my dad's church and I had a camera. And for some reason, one of the first things that I picked up after I picked up the Bible at age 19 was my camera. And I just started recording like little vlogs of my friends or whatever. And then um, my dad hired me at the, as a youth pastor and I was in my office and I was just sitting there thinking like, I don't have, I have nothing to do. Like I've already set up the game. I've already got my message. Like everything for youth group is ready to go. And I have two days till youth group and I have nothing to do, but this is my job. So I'm here at the church. What do I do? And uh, I just started recording myself. And I called him 10 second sermons and I was posting him a little bit on Vine, but mostly on Instagram eight years ago. And uh, the response to that online wasn't big at all. It was a couple friends who I, who weren't Christians um, that were like, hey, these are cool. Uh, and so I kept doing it like for those guys. And then other churches heard about it and I got different jobs and stuff. But shortly after I posted my first one was like, this is, someone needs to do this. If it's not me, it's someone else. That is amazing. Mm. Looking at this void that existed and going, I'm going to do something to fill it. And I agree. <laughs> VeggieTales has absolutely been the best. So best of the best. I, I don't, I don't want to brag or anything, but <laughs> I got to have lunch with Phil Vischer one time. No way. Hey. And I was still like, I grew up really conservative Baptist. And so mm. in the conservative Baptist world, if you really admire someone, you ask them to sign your Bible, right? So <laughs> yes. I had my Bible with me and I was like, Phil, can you sign my Bible? And not only did he sign it, he drew Bob the tomato on the inside cover. So I feel what? like my Bible's more anointed than anybody else's Bible. Oh, that I is have. a holy, holy, holiest Bible. Come on, <laughs> come on. I'm That's like crazy. I, I I can when I preach from it now, I feel like there's just an anointing. <laughs> I just have to be careful not to confuse the whole Jericho slushy thing with the actual thing that happened. Yeah, of course. Blurring the hey, that's lines. The best. Just that's a little the best. bit. It's like growing up, like, wait, did they have slushies or not? Cause you're like, <laughs> so that, that imagery is so stuck in your head. You know what? This is like, this is a really good thing to bring up about the slushies. Cause I was just talking to another friend, a TikToker, And I was, I had this, like, um, I had this, uh, just moment of clarity i was doing a video about taking the lord's name in vain and uh it talks about how like the word vain means to like empty god's name of his of its power and of its intention which is to bring hope god's name was god's name is like similar to not to belittle it but god's name is like similar to like superman's name like when you hear it it's like it's supposed to give you hope um and it's not supposed to be like a laughing matter and there is like so many Christian memes out there and not all of them are bad, but there's so many of them where they just use God's name, like flippantly and jokingly or Jesus's name. And to the person that's not Christian who may be listening to this or may see one of those memes, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, what they think is these Christians think their God is a joke. 
And so I don't know why I'm going into this, but just because Veggie Tales, the way they did it, they never made fun of God. No. And they always like they always found like a funny way to illustrate um, a story in a more childish type way. But if you watch any of their videos, they never make fun of God or uh, they never make fun of um, Jesus in any way. Like never, ever, ever, ever. And I always thought that's like fascinating because I think there's a lot of people on TikTok who make Christian content that is really funny. Um, like there's one where like Moses is talking to Pharaoh and uh, Moses is like, I think, you know, where this is about to go. And it's funny, you know, like I like seeing those stuff, but whenever someone like makes a thing about God and something that God might say to a human or something a human might say to God, I'm just like, no, 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 no. let's leave God's name out of this because the average person is going to see that and think like, like you never see Muslims do this with Allah. Right. You never see a Muslim be like, oh, I was talking to Allah the other day. And, you know, it's, they don't do that because they don't want to belittle the name of their God, even though we know I don't believe that God is real. But I believe God, our God is real, not Allah. But the point I'm trying to make is like, we just got to like lean more towards the slushy type veggie tales illustrations and less from like vain using of God's name. I don't know why I went into that tangent, but it's because of you, John. You always pull this type of stuff out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you have always been so good at finding spiritual applications in just regular ordinary things. Like, I don't think I can ever drive by a CVS and not hear the <laughs> words, this is a pharmacy. Like, <laughs> coming from, from your voice, this is where yeah. we go to get healing. But yeah. healing actually comes from the Lord. I don't remember exactly how the video went, but like... I guess there are so many content creators or people that desire to be content creators out there that are going, what's my thing? What do I talk about that hasn't already been talked about? But you just kind of have a different philosophy about creating content oh. that you could find it anywhere. Dude, thank you. Thank you I, so much. I just, I love that you take these regular ordinary things. And if you're listening to this and you don't follow Alex Wilson, <laughs> I don't know where you've been. I'm not sure what bush you've been hiding <laughs> under, but like, this is the dude that you need to be following. He's like the, the OG, the godfather of all content creators out there. <laughs> no, um, you got to go watch John's TikToks if you want to get fired up. <laughs> dude, the stuff I, that you guys did, the stuff you and your wife did together, I, I, I might've been fiance at the time, was powerful, dude. It just hit me. Bro. She, Thank she you. is, she's amazing. She's that person for me. She's the one who, who, uh, gives me all the, the good ideas and she's definitely the better looking face. Oh, so that's course. the algorithm are, prioritizes those right there. <laughs> you guys are goals, man. No, I run everything <laughs> through my wife too. So my best videos before I hit send, before I hit post or share, I show them to her. And sometimes she's like told me to go back to the drawing board a lot with a lot of my content. So mm. They're, they're a blessing, dude, having wives. Absolutely. You know, she even has become a integral part of this thing that you do. It's not just TikTok church. There's Insta church mm -hmm. and Twitch church. And there's there's church happening once a week. If there <laughs> if there's an internet platform, like if MySpace was a thing, there'd be MySpace church. I'm saying <laughs> like you're, 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 you're doing this. And what's what's funny is... I'll be talking to pastors and I'll talk about, man, on TikTok church this last week or at Insta church this last week. And they'll go, hold up, hold up. What, what is that? 
because their concept oh. of church is you have to gather inside this building or you have to meet like in person with all of these people. Can you talk to us about what digital church is? Like, how did that become a thing? And how is God blessing that? Yeah. Well, um, I was watching a John Chris video um, before everything that went down with him. And I just, I don't know. I don't know him personally, but um, just because just I already mentioned his name, I want to say that I, I just love him and I understand like completely what he's going through and what so many men are going through with, you know, stuff for the past, how it creeps up in crazy different ways. So um, shout out to him. But I was watching a video that he did. It was a funny like music video they did with a couple other rappers. Um, it's called Check Your Heart. And I, I know a couple of the guys in the video. And as I was watching it, I was like, God, I feel like these guys really know their, their goal and their niche, like our niche, where they want to go and like what they want to do with their life. And so I was like, God, I want, I want to have that. Like I want to have, I want to wake up in the morning and know exactly what I'm called to do. And I don't just think the short sermons are that. I think it needs to be something more. Um, and 30 seconds later is when he gave me the idea for Insta Church. And I called a tech director at a church I used to work at, and I called a worship leader. And I was like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Um, do you think it's possible? If not, you know, tell me to shut up. And if you think it's doable, let's do it. They both were like, you're crazy, but this is a great idea. And so two days later, we did the first Insta Church. And that service, I think, has still been our best service. Um, and we've been doing it for a little over a year now. And then um, when COVID happened, we were just ready. Um, we were doing church services on TikTok and on Instagram and on YouTube already. Um, and if you guys don't know what I mean, you, you might be thinking like, well, how is it different from what my church is doing? Because every church is doing online church now. Um, it's really difficult to stream to Instagram. And it's nearly, it's impossible to stream to TikTok. The only way to stream to TikTok is if you have an iPhone or a, a smartphone. Um, Instagram, there's other websites that, that, you know, you can like upload the same way you upload to YouTube, but it's very hard to do. Um, and I don't know hardly any churches that are doing it. So you have to do it through an iPhone if you want to go live on Instagram. Um, and churches were always saying, go watch our service on Facebook, on YouTube. But I was like, why aren't churches doing it like on one of the biggest apps in the world? That's Instagram. And why aren't they doing it on TikTok? And so we just started doing it. And it's real simple. It's 20 minutes, one song, one message in prayer. And yeah, every week we have thousands of people watch it. It's trippy. Mostly kids though, mostly young people. Yeah. But something even deeper is happening there because you've talked mm -hmm. about there are kids whose parents don't let them go to church that, mm, that tune yes. in, tune in to watch you. Like, I know that a preconceived notion for some is that if you do digital church, there's no discipleship, there's no follow-up, there's no whatever. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah. 20 minutes of entertainment, but you've yeah. really taken it deeper than that. How do you do that? Yeah, yeah. it's been, there's a lot of atheist kids that watch, or par parents who are atheists, a lot of like kids whose parents are Muslim, um, kids who just have no concept of church. Um, so we try to use very non-church-like uh, language. So we say like one song instead of worship. We say one message instead of sermon. Um, everyone knows what prayer is, so we use that. We say that. But yeah, we the main way that we disciple through it is I have um, 
always walk through the scriptures. It's uh, expository preaching. And so they get to either see the verses on the screen. But lately what we've been doing is we've taken the verses off the screen. So we have a TV behind us, just like a regular church. We have pro presenter running on that. But now um, we don't show the verses anymore. And we tell people, if you want to see the verses that we are reading all together, Bible app, iPad, another phone, or an actual Bible. If, um, Christian Standard Bible, shout out to them. They've been sponsoring our services. And so a lot of kids have gotten their Bibles, uh, hmm. Christian Standard Version Bibles. Um, but one way we, we disciple is like we're teaching people how to read their Bible by doing expository preaching. And we preach, um, this is what my dad always says at his church, uh, line by line, verse by verse, comma by comma. That's how we preach the Word of God. And so that's the main way we're discipling. Um, and then we pray every week. And so we're teaching people how to pray by letting them see me and my wife pray um, and how we talk to the Father. Um, a lot of kids, I imagine, have started praying um, just because they've seen us do it. Um, so, yeah, discipleship is totally doable through digital platforms. So what do you say to the person who's wondering, you know, man, how, how, how deep can I go with people, with young people, especially, you know, there are some youth pastors who really never even scratch the surface. You know, everything is pretty surface level. Then there are some youth pastors or lead pastors that are just like way, way deep and nothing is attainable. Yeah. What, what is this generation able to grasp? Man, they're able to take a lot because they, I mean, the stuff that you would find on the internet, there's just one creator. And I'm not going to say his name. He's, I don't believe he's a believer. He's a gamer, one of the biggest gamers. And he just streams on YouTube and Twitch, makes games and Fortnite, all those type of games or whatever. Um, somehow I was on his channel. Somehow I came across a musician that he's connected with, that he has helped produce this gamer guy, he's helped produce this artist, um, helped shoot some of his music videos. And the video that I watched, the music video that I watched was the most to this day. And like I said, I started seeing inappropriate intimate graphic images when I was like seven or eight years old. Um, to this day, the most disturbing music video I've ever seen in the history of my life. I mean, not not that it was, um, it was not only sensual, it was like highly demonic. Mm. And um, for this one gamer to put his stamp of approval onto this other musician, um, and everyone knows his stamp of approval is on that musician. And knowing that gamer's audience is a Fortnite audience, that gamer's audience is 110% middle school age. And knowing that that, that, um, that gamer, I'm sorry, is pushing those middle school kids to this type of music and this type of video videos. It like, it disturbed me. It disturbed me to the point where like, sometimes you're so disturbed. It's like, I'm gonna go make a Christian video right now. Mm. You know, yep. I was disturbed like to want to quit. That's how disturbed I was. After that, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to upload another video to the internet because how can I complete? It was like so dark. I felt like, the darkness of that video reached out and like snuffed out my light, which is like, I know scientifically impossible. And there's a reason why it's that way. It's God, God's universe. And he wants us to know that how powerful light is, but 
metaphorically speaking, I felt like it was so dark. It like turned out my light when I watched it. Um, and I say that to say like, if, if there is a demonic discipleship going on, then there can a hundred percent be biblical discipleship going on. People are being discipled to be a part of the devil's team on the internet every day. And the devil's discipleship uh, tactics are very good. And I think, I think the devil does have disciples. He has close students, close followers of what he does. And if the devil can do it online, then why can't we do it online? I think, I think the main thing is Christians are always like, I got to stay away from online. I got to get my kids off of online. I got to get my church offline. But if we start thinking another way, then what's going to happen is it's going to become a normal thing for the average person, the average Christian, just to casually share their faith on their story. And that's discipleship. Once we see people walking with God publicly, then we know this person's been discipled. Um, and I think the average Christian doesn't want to share a verse on their story. The average Christian doesn't want to, you know, share their faith publicly on their social media. And it's because there's not enough influencers out there. There's not enough churches out there that are telling their people post who you truly are on your internet, post who you truly are on your social media. There's not enough pastors doing that. But if the church did, then we would see Christ come into culture in such a strange way. It become it would be as normal for someone to share their faith as it is for them to share their favorite Netflix show right now, their favorite food that they're eating, their favorite recipe, their favorite song they're listening to. Those are all things we share. And if we really put Christ first and invited him to be a major pillar into our culture, it'd be just as normal for people to share that. So what, what platforms should we be doing that on? Oh, TikTok, 100%. <laughs> Why TikTok? <laughs> Why TikTok? TikTok has an amazing creator community. And I, this is not an ad for TikTok. I do not work for them. I'm not sponsored by them or nothing. But they have invited me out to LA for a creative, a creative conference with some of their creators. Um, and they emailed me three days ago and they're sending me like a, a surprise gift in the mail. So they just, they really believe in their creators. Um, they can tell what creators really believe in TikTok too. And so to the creators who really believe in TikTok and upload a lot and are unashamed about the type of content that they make, TikTok reaches out their hand to them and say, hey, we believe in you. We want you to keep going. All the times that I felt like deleting that app um, have either be because uh, the dancing content, which I found a way to get rid of that so you don't see it anymore. There is some inappropriate dancing. I, I would say um, TikTok does a really good job of shutting down a lot of negative content, um, whether it's bullying or just like explicit. Um, TikTok shuts down a lot. Uh, one thing that they let fly under the radar is the dancing, which I know a lot of Christian people are like, we hate the dancing. Um, but you can hold down the screen on the For You page, which is like the Explore page. You can hold it down and it'll ask you if you're interested or not. And you just hit not interested. And the algorithm will learn not to show you that type of stuff. But um, the reason why I say TikTok is because it's huge, it's global, and it, there's such a young audience on there um, that they're very formative right now. So if you were to be on there and you shared your faith, you will see a response um, just because the kids that are on that are the next generation of kids that are going to be using the internet and they're so formative and they're so hungry for truth. It's not like that on any other app right now. It's just not. 
a lot of the kids who follow me, they can't have Instagram. So if you see my profile, I have a way more Instagram followers, I mean, TikTok followers than I do Instagram followers. And that's largely because a lot of my followers' parents don't let them have Instagram, but they let them have TikTok. So yeah, get on it and start discipling people, guys. You spoke to me one time and shared some perspective that has really shifted the way that I create content mm-hmm. because I would make one piece of content and then I would put it on every single platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the things. I would just blast it out everywhere. <laughs> um, and you opened my eyes to the idea of social media being a funnel, especially in the faith world about how, yes. and I don't want to, I don't want to finish this because the things that you share are so much deeper, but you talked about TikTok being like this open end leading people towards somewhere. Mm. Can you just share that with, with the audience? Yeah, that is, that's so good. It is because TikTok is kind of like a YouTube in the sense that YouTube is a main thing. A podcast is a main thing. Um, Instagram can be a main thing, but usually it's not. Um, A blog is a main thing. And what I mean by that is like, when someone goes to your blog, your podcast, or your YouTube, they are coming um, to be 100% a part of like what you do and who you are. And you have become, if they go to your blog, your podcast, or your YouTube, you have become a major influence in their life. Um, Major influence. So that is where they keep, that's the place that they're going to keep coming back. If you think about it like your home, um, you're inviting people to be a part of your life. Once they get to the, your YouTube, your podcast, your blog, that's like your home. And once they're in your home, um, you can disciple them. You can share products with them. You can do all types of different stuff because they're now part of your home. Um, TikTok um, doesn't really know what it is yet. I think eventually it might be able to be like a home base for people, but for the most part, what I see TikTok being is just a marketing tool. Um, and it's a marketing tool for your church, for your brand, for um, something else that you do, um, for your YouTube channel, for your Instagram, for your blog. Um, but like you said, it's a funnel. And people who really want to get to know you more and what you're about more, um, they're going to start at your TikTok, start to see what you're about, and then make a formative uh, opinion to hit that link, hit your Instagram, hit your YouTube, and start going deeper with you into your discipleship program, whatever that might be. Um, But yeah, it's a good funnel to get people interested. Some people are just going to hit follow, and they're just going to be like, okay, I think I like what this guy's doing. Let me just like stick around and wait and see if I want to go to his YouTube or to go to his Instagram or go to his blog. Um, But yeah, it's one of the greatest funnels that is available right now for creators. I started to see a shift in even engagement. I know some people, mm. if if they're not going viral every week, they're blaming the algorithm and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But it's like the the baseball player who always says they didn't get a break, even though they don't have the skill, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, not throwing any shade. But no, it's true though. I started I started going okay. If TikTok is the open end of the funnel, this is where lost people are. Then I don't need to go deep theologically on TikTok. Mm. I need to go to where the fish are. Like I I need to be talking about the gospel and encouraging and inspirational things. And then Instagram was kind of like the, the millennial hub of people who are a little bit deeper than that, but not really. And then Facebook was kind (laughs) of where the, the, the older people were and like the preachers and like, so 
that was where you could do like your sermon content and it would actually go over well, but it wouldn't anywhere else. And then YouTube yep. was just like the, that's you. Like yeah. this is, if they made it there, you, you've got, uh, people always say that the attention span of the younger generation is shorter than a goldfish. And I just have a problem with that because yeah. they're true. listening to hour plus long podcasts. They're yes, they watching are. hours of TikTok and YouTube videos from one singular creator. I sit mm -hmm. down on Alex Wilson's account and just scroll for hours and just watch <laughs> him. Like it's, it, it's true. So quality over quantity. Mm. quality over over quantity is is winning the day um totally what what are some of the questions that you're getting asked especially yeah. on oh, tiktok gosh. oh any i mean any and everything um is homosexuality a sin are tattoos a sin um is cussing bad is rap music bad um how do i what do i do after i get dumped how do i get my dad to stop drinking uh can I, what Bible should I get? What translation should I get? Um, can I watch your videos if I'm Muslim? Uh, can I watch your videos if I'm Catholic? All, any and everything. Uh, one, I mean, any, I got a kid to ask me, um, he was like, can you put Christianity in art? <laughs> it was just like a weird, I mean, young, weird kid that asked me that. And I'm like, to me, I'm like, dude, of course. But some of them are just so young and they haven't known anything about God. Christianity is just so new to them. They get questions like that. Like, yeah, all kind of crazy questions, detailed questions. I mean, I have hundreds and thousands of DMs. DM, some DMs I will never see um, just because of how many questions I get. And the questions started coming more once uh, COVID happened. I had a lot of DMs, but when COVID happened and um, Instant Church and TikTok Church blew up, that was when they came like by the thousands every day. Um, and then I started doing videos like, are tattoos sinful? Is vaping a sin? Uh, is, I didn't, uh, yeah, I did gaming. Is gaming a sin? Is it okay to play you know, video games? I did ev anything and everything. Um, and almost all of them are, uh yes and no you know they're not right. just like straight up like one word answers um they almost all come down to we're free but not to use our freedom as an excuse to sin um and they all kind of come down to a question of the heart um how's your heart and where is it in matters of stuff like that so but yeah they come dude wow that's so good i'm gonna ask you just a few quick questions yeah, go for and, it. And these are these are rapid fire and a little bit loaded, not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> let's do it. What do you think is the greatest need of the generation that's up and coming? These Gen Zers that don't really even know what they are yet. Man, that's a really good question. Their greatest need would probably be to be needed. I think young kids right now, they don't feel needed. Um, they just feel like they're just, in, they're just thrown into this giant pot of the internet. Cause you have to understand they've grown up with 
all these apps. They've grown up with an endless amount of connection. Um, so if they want to connect with someone, they have Snapchat, Zoom, Skype, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. They have so many ways to connect to people. And so I think that poses the question, like, do they really feel connected? Um, if they feel the need to connect with so many people and the world probably feels a lot bigger for them than it did for me and you when we were younger and a lot smaller, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So bigger in the sense of like, they have this overwhelming sense that there is a lot of people out there um, because they see all the views, they see all the followers, the subscribers, they see, you know, all the numbers across the internet and they know those are people. Um, but at the same time, the world feels smaller in the sense that like, if they wanted a toy from Japan, they can get it in a week. Mm. Um, and so all that poses the question of like, do people feel needed? Does the average 13 year old kid, 12 year old kid feel like people need him and feel like his parents need him? Um, and it's really not even about even being loved. It's more about feeling needed. Um, and that's why I think what you guys are doing with the podcast is so powerful because it is sparking revival. Um, what you guys did with the Roaring Twenties, that it has sparked revival and it's going to spark revival because every time we've had revival, it's always been around times where people ask, am I needed? Like during the, um, during the Crusades, uh, which is kind of a bad illustration because there's two sides of that story, but there was a lot of people um, just going ham for the Lord because they felt needed. Hmm. Uh, when, when Christ was on the scene, this is a better example. When Christ was on the scene, Paul and Peter and all those guys were doing those things. It was this conversation like, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. You're going to go to the Jews. We're going to do this and that. And people are getting killed. They just killed Stephen. They just killed this guy. They're, they're slaughtering us. And so if you're on board, we need you to jump on board and preach with us. And so that feeling of these young people, these Christians being needed is what made the Christianity, made the Christian movement explode. Because it felt like, if I'm not going to do it, who's going to do it? You know, if I'm not going to talk about this guy, Jesus, and what he did, then who's going to do it? And so this feel like there was a time where we didn't feel needed as Christians because we were just, we just sit in the stands. It's like what Francis Chan always said. We come to church, we sit in the stands, sit in the pews. We watch this one guy do his thing. And then that one guy has another guy that posts what that one guy did all over the internet. So we feel like, ah, oh, we don't need to do anything because my pastor's doing it. But we're coming to a point right now where kids want to feel needed. They want to feel a part of something. Um, they're tired of feeling like just a number and they want to get in the game and they want to do something. So making kids feel needed is important. And that's why I get, that's why, you know, guys like Grayson and guys like um, you and guys like Elijah get, and other Christian content creators get so many views on their videos and they get so many people jumping into their live streams when they do live church services and stuff. And it's because when a content creator comes to an app and says, I'm here to let you know that you are a part of something, whether you know it or not, um, kids feel that. And they're like, I feel needed. I feel like I'm a part of this. So let's do it. So, yeah. Maybe give me some, some perspective if I'm off on this, but as you were talking, it just, brought this to my mind that uh, Buddhism is kind of on the rise globally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a podcast this week where 
someone was speaking to that who's not a Christian and they talked about that religion or practice or whatever being so powerful because it was uh it, it, it offered like a series of practices. It was things mm. that you could do. And this atheist who was talking about that kind of propositioned that that was the only religion out there that, that did that. And mm. I just started thinking about how there was this pendulum swing in Christianity where we spent all of our time trying to tell maybe our generation you are loved, you are this, you are that. And it was all this, you know, state of being sermons, which aren't bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we may have forgotten to equip a generation with what we're to do with all of that. Right, exactly. So the area where the church really needs to step up and the area that you're speaking to is to equip a generation to know who they are and what to do with that. What to do with it. Man, that's huge. That's incredible. And, and that's what you guys are doing with the digital Billy Grahams. That, I mean, that's why we, that's why you and me both, we end every video with an application and we tell people, okay, this is what you can do next. Um, even if it's as small as saying, trust him, or even mm-hmm. if it's as small as saying, you know, he loves you. Jesus loves you is an application. You know, when someone loves you, you have to respond. Um, and so that is an application. So yeah, dude. You're definitely right. I think Buddhism does do that well. So a lot of things that other religions do a lot better than Christianity. Not that Christianity doesn't offer those things, but it's just a lot of people do it a lot better than us, which is sad. Um, but you're right. You hit the nail on the head with that. Okay, one last one last question, then we'll we'll wrap up. Because legit, y'all don't even know that Alex and I could talk about this stuff for literally days. Um, 100%. We need our own podcast, me and you. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> let's start it whenever I come to Hawaii. Like, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down and I want to meet all the Wilson kids. I, yes. I can't wait. Like, I feel like I'm a part of the Wilson family and I'm sure every podcast listener <laughs> is like, oh yeah, we feel that too. But I'm Alex's favorite brother. Um, he oh, told of me off, yeah. off air. So, um, John, John is my favorite big brother. And you... You already know, you guys have a, a room at our house anytime, so. Let's go. Yeah, man. But this, kind of one of the things that caused this podcast to to be brought into the world was that I was getting questions, and then some of my friends in ministry were getting questions, and I don't think these questions were overwhelming, overwhelmingly bad. I think they just came from a wrong perspective. And so I'd like mm. you to speak to that because there are a lot of young creators listening Yes, that their drive is a certain number of followers. Their drive mm. every day is a certain number of views. They think there's going to be fulfillment in that. And yes. they think that you arrive once you hit that 1 million mm. or you arrive once you hit that blue check mark. Can you just close the podcast out by adjusting our perspective. Let's, mm-hmm. let's realign with the actual mission and just speak mm-hmm. to that creator who, who wants to do something big that thinks that their identity might be wrapped up in it. What are we really here for and what are we really doing? You know, some of the hardest questions in life don't have just one answer. Some of the hardest questions in life, the answer is a lot more gray than it is black or white 
should you create content um, and want to have a following? 100%, 110% and 100% no, <laughs> because you can't just do it for followers, but you need to at the same time. And my biblical backing for that is a lot of things. Number one, it's okay to want a lot of followers if you're not pointing people to yourself. 100%. It's, I want a million followers on Instagram, a million on YouTube, and a million on uh, TikTok. That's my goal for this year, for 2020. And I want those things because on a good day, Alex is always pushing people to the Father. Um, on, the, on a bad day, I try to push people to me. I want people to, you know, come to the Alex show on a bad day. Most of that content never gets posted. Um, probably 99% of that content never gets posted because I run it through my wife and my wife will shut it down. <laughs> be like, no, nah, this is more about you than about God. And so you will hardly, if not ever, see that content for me because of the, the wife that I have. And if you're not married, um, find a good friend that you trust, their creative um, position on things and make sure that they understand your vision too. You don't want to you don't want to run stuff through a person who doesn't understand your vision because you're just kind of just put your vision out. Um, so don't do that. But another thing, Jesus always went to places where there was a lot of people. He moved from Nazareth to um, next to the Sea of Galilee in a town called Capernaum. He did that when he first started his ministry because there was a booming fishing industry right by the Sea of Galilee. So there was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people coming to fish at that sea. And they were starting businesses because of how many people um, were breaking nets and uh, getting fish and needing fish fry and needing, you know, stuff for their fishes. There was so much business around that area. That's why Jesus moved there, because he wanted to be around a lot of people because he wanted to grow a following as quick as possible. He only had three years to do his thing. Um, the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon of Jesus, was on top of an area um, where a lot of people could hear his voice. And as much as Jesus did go to places um, where he would speak to a lot of people at once, he was always in one person's house. He was always in a giant multitude of people talking to one little girl or one woman with an, a blood issue or one leper. Um, when he was outside of town, no one was around when he was talking to that leper because they're highly contagious. So it was just Jesus and the leper um, or Jesus and the woman at the well. And so, Jesus always balanced it well. He always did things for the one person who needed to hear it, but he was always trying to go to places where there was a lot of people present um, so that he could grow a following so more people can know about the Father. And so do it for the followers, um, but remember that you're also doing it for the Father. Um, and that's fine. It's fine to want to grow. It's fine to want to, like, you know, reach a following and to grow, that's awesome. Another thing too is if you want to do this full time, you need to either have a really, really good manager or a big following. <laughs> like you need to have a manager that can sell you. Like uh, my manager just sold me to, or pitched me to Arm & Hammer. Um, they're looking for TikTok influencers. And I highly doubt Arm & Hammer is going to want to work with a Christian guy. But my manager has worked some magic in the past. And so if you have an amazing manager, like my manager, shout out to Maggie Madrid, um, then that type of stuff can happen. But the one way to, if you want to do this full time, you got to have a following. 
Um, you got to have people who are like, I like this person's message. And a following could be 3,000 people. A following could be 5,000 people. Um, some, some kid is going to want you to come speak at their camp because of a TikTok that you made. Um, so just keep doing it. Someone's going to want to buy a, a book that you wrote because of an uh, Instagram video that you posted. So it, it starts little, but it starts to grow. And it's okay to do it for those things, um, but always be pointing people back to the Father, not to yourself incredible like i am going to go through and listen to this episode 20 times and write down all <laughs> the quotes and the sermon ideas that i've that i've got during this video so Funny, before before i let you go um i i do this game with mm-hmm. with with people whenever i i actually used to do it whenever i was pastoring we would do it as a volunteer rally thing on sunday morning because oh, wow. i had a lot of guys that were learning how to preach and asking questions and Jesus used illustrations and Alex Wilson uses illustrations. And (laughs) so I would just impromptu give them some random object and give them 30 seconds to preach a sermon on, on that. You know, we would shout them down and it was so much fun. So (laughs) if you're familiar with Alex's content, you know that it could be legit anything. And I have here an item that I don't think you've ever done a video on. So no, I'm just going to, I'm going to hold it up for those that are watching like the YouTube side of this. For those of you that are listening, I've got here a pack of colored pencils <laughs> and Heavy. I'm just going to, I'm going to give Alex just a few seconds to, to process this. He's ready, ready to go. And he's going to give us his sermon on colored pencils. And then we're going to close this thing out and say goodbye. You ready, Alex? I'm ready. Let's go, Bishop. Well, here we go. What is so beautiful about colored pencils is you can create gorgeous art by taking the different colors, writing them down, drawing something with it. And that is the kingdom of God. God doesn't just want black people. He doesn't want just white people. He wants yellow, black, red, orange. If you have a bad tan, he wants everyone to be a part of this kingdom. That's what makes the kingdom beautiful. Boom. Amazing. If I had a mic, I would drop it. I'm not dropping this one because I'm using it right now. But dude, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you. And we have linked to all of Alex's social handles in the show notes. So you need to swipe up. You need to follow him on all the platforms and send him some love. Alex, thank you so much. Appreciate you, bro. Dude, Thank you, John. I love talking to you, man. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Billy Graham podcast with my good friend, Alex Wilson. I'm sure you loved it. He is just an incredible guy. So I wanted to ask you to do us a favor. Like right now before you leave, would you please rate and review the podcast and then maybe even take it a step further and snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram story and tag me and Alex in it so that we can get to know you a little bit and you can help us share these incredible principles and messages and the good news of the gospel with the most people as possible. And hey, you don't have to have a blue check or a certain number of followers behind your name to be a digital missionary. You just have to start where you are. Sharing the gospel of Jesus across the internet happens one post and one video at a time. We're proud of you. We'll see you next week.